back to the Second Tips Podcast, everybody. The last episode of the year. The final show. It is Tuesday, December 21st. We're sitting down to record this one. And, well, it was quite a year in, uh, in cycling. Quite a year on bikes. And today's episode is going to be, because it should be at the end of the year, an awards episode. We're going to go through awards, some some big awards, you know, best rider of the year, things like that, and some slightly less uh, serious awards as well. I've got most of the usual crew with me here today. <laughs> uh, this is going to become a running joke now. Uh, we've got we've got the entirety of the usual crew, most of the usual crew. I don't know. I, no one's ever defined the usual crew for me. James, how are you today? I am doing okay. Just finishing up a big old bowl of raspberries. Life could be worse. Ooh, that sounds delicious. It does. Abby, Mickey, you're uh, you're going skiing in a bit, so we got to finish this episode fast. Heck yeah! Super excited. <laughs> Shotty Dave, where and where are you on Earth? I've managed to get myself up into the Lake District of the lovely UK. First time I've been home in two years, so I'm. Oh wow! I'm making up time for. Not eating enough sausage rolls. Well, I will do once I'm allowed out after conf- two days confinement and get me PCR test back. How are your lovely parents? Tell them I say hello. It's awesome to see them. Awesome to see everybody. I'm on a similar trip actually at the moment. We just I'm I'm sitting in a Walmart parking lot in New Jersey. Uh, drove all the way from Colorado. That was long, uh, about thirty hours or so. And my daughter my little eight month old just met her great grandmother for the first time over the last couple days so that was a lovely lovely experience that's why i love this time of year dan cash how are you today yeah good it's been warm enough to ride in december which is pretty cool Ooh, not here it's freezing kaylee the last time i spent time in a vehicle in a walmart parking lot was when i threw a wheel bearing in our old 1995 Ford Econo line that we used for camping. It was a less than, <laughs> it was a less than pleasant experience. I would just like uh, to point wow. out that James is eating a banana right now, and it looks like he's talking into his banana. <laughs> <laughs> New mic. <laughs> uh, all right, let's get on with today's show. But before we do the final continental ad for this year a huge massive thank you to continental for sponsoring the podcast this year we loved having you on we hoped that all of our listeners out there learned a thing or two about continental and well you consider picking up some of their tires next time you need some thank you to them now shoddy what are we learning in this final final continental ad well, first up, we're going to find out if I've learned how to say the brand name correctly after a year. But first, after nearly a year of partnership with Continental, we've learned a whole lot about the German tyre manufacturer. We've learned that their urban terexagum are made out of dandelions, a small part of their overall sustainability strategy. We've learned all about their massive range of tyres, like their commuting-specific contact line, that are also e-bike friendly. They have cyclocross and gravel terra trail and terra speed and the more racy orientated Cross King CX line 
and a variety of different options for mountain biking, like the Mountain Kings or the Kaiser. Should I do that in the accent again, like I did way back? The Kaiser. <laughs> On the road, they support six, that's six, World Tour teams. Count it and weep, other tyre manufacturers. Well, and other teams quietly use them as well in top secret. Their road line is one of the most iconic with tyres like the Grand Prix 5000 and the competition. And we've learned all about the technology Continental uses to set their tyres apart from the rest. You've heard all about black chilli compound and Vectram puncture protection. So we want to say a massive, huge thank you to a year's worth of support from Continental. It's been crazy here. We have been massively grateful to have Continental Conti, Continental, con, con, Continent, Continental on our side. <laughs> Nailed it, Shotty. Nailed it. Uh, I actually just purchased some Continental Contact, Winter Contact tires for my wife's commuter bike. They're, if you haven't seen these, they're really cool. They're basically like similar technology to a winter car tires. Softer rubber, lots of siping. They're not studded or anything, but they work really, really well when it's slippery outside. So I just put a pair of them on. Come, coming anyway. home, I've got a, I've got a Cannondale Cad 9 in the garage, which is, I've got to say, 13 years home. It's my bike for when I come home to see my dad and get out with him. And I hate to think how long the, the four seasons that I've got on that bike have been on there, but they're still going strong. 13 years, probably. <laughs> Those are the original spec. Thank you, like I said, to Continental for sponsoring this episode and the previous 51 episodes. Actually, more than that, because during the Tour de France, we do even more. Many, many, many episodes this year. Now, let's get into the awards. So, we've got all sorts of awards here. We've got tech awards. We've got rider awards we've got racing awards there's a bunch of awards that actually aren't on this list that i'm going to be handing out to uh to some of our podcast hosts here today they're gonna love that later let's get into it though so i want to start out and the way that we're going to kind of do these is we've got a list of awards here and everybody everybody on this uh on this podcast has gone back and figured out who they think should win this and we're gonna we're gonna basically take uh take recommendations take nominations, and then pick a winner. That's how we're going to do this. So our first award of the year is the standout performer. Now, I think that there's there's a, a pretty solid handful of riders that you could potentially uh, hand this one off to. But Abby, who do you think? Who is your standout performer of the year? Yeah. Um, for me, in terms of racing and being in breakaways and being a really exciting rider to watch. Um, I was really impressed with Elise Shabby this year. She didn't win a ton, uh, but she did win the first stage of the women's tour to Swiss, the inaugural women's tour to Swiss in the Swiss national champions Jersey by outsprinting Lizzie Dagnan, which was an incredible victory, but the entire year she was really exciting to watch and I'm excited to see what she what she does next. I think Elise Shabby is a good option. Uh, we are defining this one as sort of maybe the rider who was the most, I don't know, exciting or interesting to watch. But they didn't necessarily have to win. However, my my nomination here is a rider who who won, I think, 
more than we were expecting this year. Now, I think that this individual could actually be nominated for a bunch of our awards uh, for this particular year. But I'm going to say Mark Cavendish, who came into this season, well, with not a whole lot of expectations. Most of us thought that he was basically done being a winning bike racer and proved us all completely wrong. So Mark Cavendish is my nomination for Standout Performer of the Year. Dane Cash, who's your nomination? Uh, I'm, I'm having a tough time picking between a couple of riders here. I'm going to go with Richard Carapaz, who uh, had, did a really nice job of... Well, first of all, he had, he had a good uh, run-up to the Tour with his Tour de Suisse win. That was great. Uh, at the Tour de France, I feel like it, it's, it's sort of strange that I think the world kind of considered his Tour podium a disappointment because he rides for... Ineos and Ineos is you know supposed to be winning tours, but he finished on the tour podium, which is pretty good. I mean, most people can't do that, uh, and and he was quite impressive. And then he went on to win a very exciting Olympic road race, which I thought he did a great job of of spicing up that finale. And yeah, I think he managed to over deliver uh, on what I think many people expected, and and I think what his team could have expected. Uh, even if again, I feel like some people would have been disappointed with his uh, third of the Tour de France. I feel like he deserves at least credit in the form of a a brief mention in a a thrown-together awards show at the end of our last podcast. So, yeah. (laughs) How dare you say it's thrown together? Some of us have thought about this, Dane. (laughs) Shadi, speaking of thinking about it, who's your your nomination here? Well, I'm going to go for uh, a Jumbo Visma rider and one that most people won't be thinking of here. Jonas Vingegaard, because hmm. he, well, for starters, he hasn't won much this year, but his then podiums that he has taken, second at the Tour de France, nobody expected him to step up to the plate after their team leader, well, had a bad one. So for, for starters, to step up to the plate at the Tour after a, a Dauphiné, which, well, wasn't exactly stellar for him. I think he come in somewhere in the, Top 50, I'll just have a look, actually. Uh, yeah, 51st overall at uh, Dauphiné. So you would think he's not going to go into the tour and set things on fire, but he did. He absolutely did a sterling job there against the best rider in the world, in it, pretty much? Also, he comes second at the Basque Country, which is a, a race close to me. I didn't win anything, apart from Copia Bartali early on in the season, but absolutely did some sterling work for Jumbo Visma this year and showed what he's definitely capable of for 2022. So as I think, I think I can't remember if we did this last year or not, but I know we've done it in the past. So I think that the judge, the objective judge in this case is of course going to be James. (laughs) (laughs) James, who is the most convincing? Who do you think is the standout performer of the year? We get, we've got Jonas Vingigo. We've got, Richard Carapaz, we've got Elise Shabby, and we've got Mark Cavendish. Who was the most convincing to you? Wait, there was racing this year? <laughs> you can just pick one at random if you want. I mean, this is the power that you have. Uh, well, I'm just going to go with Cavendish because I saw a clip of him winning on the, the Champs-Élysées uh, on, on Instagram earlier this morning, and that's the only one I can remember. So. <laughs> that was tough to miss. Yep. <laughs> All right, there we go. Mark Cavendish, congratulations, Mark, on your... Standout performer victory. Next on our awards here, the most embarrassing moment. 
Let's start with Shoddy. Shoddy, what do you got in this one? Well, I was I was thinking this is a personal thing, and it was my uh, pronunciation of Sverven, Snaven, Snaven, Canadian, Canadian. <laughs> the other week we can do this as a personal podcast thing. But, yeah. but I'm going to scrap that one. I'm going to go the UCI announcing they're going to have a Gravel World Champ Series. <laughs> Just for the that pure was... slack and memes and um, piss-taking that people did uh, once they announced it. That's a good one. That's a good one. Dane? It didn't go the way that they thought it was going to go. No. I still think it might turn out okay, but I think they didn't really read the room with that one. Dane, your most embarrassing moment? Yeah, I'm going to go with... Uh... The sign incident at the Tour de France, which was a bad moment. It was a sad moment. It was a frustrating moment. But also, it's not really the fault of cycling. But I think it was a really embarrassing moment for cycling because that was the only news story from the Tour de France that made, you know, the larger world news this year. It was like the only news story from cycling that made the larger world news this year. And... As usually happens with stories like that, it was a bad one. And I think it made cycling look bad and amateurish. And yeah, it was I had, you know, plenty of people who don't care about cycling were messaging me for weeks about that. And oh, did you see? Yes, I saw that. Uh, and it, it just wasn't great. It wasn't a good look for the sport. It, it Yeah. So I'm kind of glad that that's behind us. And the other thing is, I mean, that, that those sorts of incidents happen with some regularity. I think the spectacular nature of that crash helped it be a huge, huge story. But we've seen people get knocked off their bikes by fans pretty pretty often, actually. But this was like next level, and so it made the world news, and that made cycling look bad. Can, can I just say, what I take from that, Dane, is you've got mates outside the cycling. How have you managed that one? I, I struggle. I, I, yeah, yeah, quite a few, even, yeah. <laughs> That's more than most of us can say. Yes. Abby, your most embarrassing moment? I'm going to go for the Dutch at the Women's Olympic Road Race. That was pretty embarrassing. Ooh. Just the entire thing. Uh, Anamique posting up when she was a minute and 15 seconds behind the winner. Uh, the <laughs> fact that some of them knew that there was someone off the front and some of them didn't. Uh, the fact that none of them went back to the car to ask the director her opinion. The whole The whole thing from four incredibly professional women was really embarrassing. You actually just stole mine. That was going to be mine as well. Mo mostly, specifically the post up. I, I, you know, I think a post up when you haven't won is is among the most embarrassing things you can possibly do in cycling. However, I have a backup plan here, and my backup plan is uh, the moment when Matthew Vanderpoel thought there was a ramp in the Olympic mountain bike race, and there was not. <laughs> that I'm just picturing his his mind in like the brief millisecond where he pre-hopped this drop, planning to land on a ramp that no longer existed and then realizing that that ramp did not exist. Now, unfortunately he was injured out of that and so it's a little bit sad and that's why it wasn't my, my first pick. My first pick was was different set of Dutch people. But unfortunately, it was a quite embarrassing moment for him, particularly for somebody uh, of that skill level and who apparently was told a couple different times that that ramp would be gone. So, yeah, that's my most embarrassing moment of the year. James, did any of those stick out to you? Which which do you find the most embarrassing? Uh, the Vanderpool one sticks out in my head the most. Um, I think just because uh, I have to admit that I believe I watched that on replay several times. 
And Kaylee, I would have to say that if I had to imagine what was going through his mind, it probably went, oh, and then some expletive. Many beeps. Yeah, we're going to try to keep this uh, this episode child-friendly. But yes, many, many, many beeps. It, it looked well, bad. That means, it looked bad. That, that means, unfortunately, for the rest of you, I'm now two for two in my award selection. James has just given me a, a two, two to zero to zero to zero lead. All right. Well, don't don't worry, Kaylee. I'll, I'll, I'll bias my decisions from here on out then. <laughs> I knew you would. I knew you would. Moving on, dream season. Now, this is different from standout performer because we're looking across the entire year who, well, who had a season that we weren't maybe expecting, not just individual performances, but a whole season that we were not perhaps expecting that went better than they could have imagined. Dan Cash, who do you got? Yeah, so my answer was not over the whole season. And so by changing the rubric just now, now I have to, you know, uh, yeah. I have, I have two. I'll, I'll start. I'll start. Yeah, I have two, actually. Okay. Sonny Cabrelli for his best season by far. If you look at, for example, UCI points or Pro Cycling Stats has a, a point system, he's got hundreds more points than any other season is in his, in his entire career. He had a fantastic season. That was a dream season by definition. Second one for me is Mark Cavendish. We've already given him an award for stand-up performer. But frankly, if your whole season is based around the Tour de France, and I think that it kind of is for him, you can't have had a better Tour de France than that. So for me, that's that's a dream season for Cav. But I'm gonna Cabrelli is my actual that's my nomination for this one. Abby? Demi Vollering is my pick as someone who came into the year we were expecting her to be uh good in 2021 but what we were not expecting was her to win races like Liège Bastogne-Liège uh La Course by the Tour de France and then the Women's Tour Britain at the end of the year so it was just for her the entire season was incredible and Lorena Wiebes deserves a honorable mention for 14 victories uh which doesn't happen very often but but volering the caliber of her victories was just yeah really really impressive for her first year in the world tour shoddy we've got another guy who's not got any wins this season but has definitely probably been pinching himself from from the tour de france onwards i'm going ben o'connor for his fourth at the tour de france because he probably come into this season like most people not expecting. Well, to, to to do what he normally does, which is have a solid season, be a solid domestic for for the team leaders, and then to just step up to the mark at the tour and impress everybody. It was just mind blowing. Plus, as it's his first year at AG2R after the whole NTT. Debarco at the end of the last last season and luckily finding a team. It you gotta say to go from yeah, wondering if you're gonna have a team to probably not I'm guessing he's not gonna have had the the best contract uh sent his way from AG to R. You're gonna grab what you can and then to go into the Tour de France and get that result is just mind bending. And I yeah, I bet he's been on a a dream for the rest of the season since then. Excellent, excellent nomination. Dan Cash, who do you got? Yeah, I'm sticking to my guns because of the uh, because of the relative importance of the Olympics uh, and the fact that it wasn't her only result. I'm 
I'm still going to go with the person who I had originally thought of for this. Uh, also because Abby said Demi Bollard, who was going to be my other, my, my backup option here. Uh, Anna Kiesenhofer winning an Olympic gold medal so far. Uh, she was maybe the biggest uh, upset winner, the biggest long shot winner of any major race in like I can remember. Uh this this kind of thing just doesn't happen that often in cycling. It doesn't happen in this large of a race. And the fact that she, I mean, she did win the Austrian TT title. Uh, and she was up there in the Euros. Uh, and, and clearly is an extremely talented rider. So this wasn't a fluke. Um, but it was also just a sign, I think, of, of just how great she is. And it was a great moment, uh, a, an amazing win, and, and one that, I think can elevate an entire season because of the, I mean, this is something people prepare four years for and the, the value of a win like this is it's really hard to quantify. And for Kiesenhofer to beat so many superstars with really, she was on nobody's radar and, you know, pre-race previews and stuff like that. So I think a, a single result considering as big as it, as it was being an Olympic uh, gold medal, that, that deserves uh, a season long recognition. There we go. Demi Vollering, Anna Kiesenhofer, uh, Ben O'Connor, and Sonny Cabrelli are our nominations. James, who do you think? I personally going to have to pick Demi Vollering, uh, but mostly, actually, it has nothing to do with racing whatsoever. I, I, I'm picking her because uh, I discovered after reason, reading Jose's uh, Ten Moments That Moved Her in 2021 article that that uh, that Demi rides with her dog in a pack on her back, and I love dogs, so I picked Demi. <laughs> Abby, you win this. You win this category. <laughs> this it's you know it's objective. Like you can't argue against that, right? I mean, there's no, there's no. That's that's a clear. It's a clear victory for Abby and for Demi. So congratulations to both of you. <laughs> I mean, an Olympic gold medal is great and all, but riding with a, with a dog on your back is pretty cool. Is far superior. Is far superior. Uh, there, who is who? Does, someone does that in Boulder. Um, Vermeulen. Yes. Alexi Vermeulen does that with his dog in Boulder. Nice. Uh, he's left the world tour and now a gravel guy, and he rides around with his dog. Next on my list, the villain award. Who was your villain, Dane Cash? I feel like a couple of us might have the same person for this. Yeah. Well, it's tricky because it's tricky because I feel like the answer was the same for everybody. I don't. Did he do anything newly villainous in 2021 <laughs> other than simply be in a position to maybe win a bike race? I don't know that he did. And I'm trying. No, to... I don't think he did. I, but I think that the fact that the fact that he had like the entirety of cycling fandom rooting against him to win a major bike race, I feel like that you can't. That's obviously the villain of the year, right? It has to be. Uh, we should probably clarify the entire like. Cycling fandom of the Anglosphere. I bet lots yes. of fans in Italy yes. were pretty. The, the Italians are yeah. probably all for him. We're talking yeah. about Johnny Moscone, by the way, for the listeners who haven't picked up on this yet, who very nearly won Perry Roubaix. Probably should. Like, I think he was going to win Perry Roubaix. I think He's probably the strongest rider in the race. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was going to happen had, had not a, a series of, well, he would have considered them unfortunate events, uh, befallen Johnny Moscone there. Anybody else have a, a, a different villain? Yeah. Other I villains? did. Yeah. All right, Abby, who do you got? Patrick Lefavre. Yeah, that's a good one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he, uh, his comments on uh, Sam Bennett and about women in his 
column this year pretty much solidified him as villain of the century in my book. <laughs> That's a pretty solid, oh, pretty I think solid you're option. Right. He, uh, he's yep. had more recent, um, yeah, things. I, res- I rescind, great. I think Dane and I rescind our, our nominations. <laughs> <laughs> Shadi, do you have anybody else? Or is exactly, Lefebvre it? Uh, exactly the same as Ab. 100% is right. it. It's like, yeah, easy we is, unfortunately. And then to come at a late stage of the season, he goes, I'm going to support a women's team. Well, does that redeem him? No, of course it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it. All right, villain of the year, Patrick Lefebvre. Uh, James, we don't need you voting on this one because everybody else is either rescinded or has the same one. So, Abby, two points. It's now what? two why, to two why to am zero I even to here? zero. Why am I here? <laughs> We've got tech awards coming up. And you're the you're the adjudicator. You're the judge. You're sitting there with a gavel. Whack, whack. Yeah. All right. The next award, the personality of the year. Now, I think there's a there's myriad definitions for this, this particular award. So I, I think it's whoever struck you, really, uh, as a as a judge here. Uh your nomination, Shadi. Now, I'm going to surprise a lot of people here. I really am. It's somebody who's, again, probably not won that much this year. Somebody that's close to me. If anybody can guess who it is, they win a prize. Guillaume Martin. <laughs> is he French? <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. Come on, is there, there's not many vampires you can um, throw into the hat for, this, for, the, for, the, for the awards, is there? That checks out. That checks out. I've got another. I've got another vampire. Uh, that's my personality of the year, and this is just a. This is a very personal pick. Uh, but Nathan Haas made me laugh in interviews more than any other writer that I talked to, and so for me, he's my personality of the year. He's also retiring from the world tour, uh, or wait, retiring from professional road racing. I should say he's already not in the world tour. Retiring from professional road racing and heading off into the gravel world next year. So you need a personality when you race gravel because uh, you don't sort of automatically get headlines. So, yeah, Nathan Haas is mine. Can, can, I, can I just say sorry? The reason I am also picking him is because I, I wanted to use him in one of the awards, but he didn't really fit for any of them. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm crowbarring him in. Don't admit to that. Don't, don't admit to that. <laughs> Um, Abby, who do you got? Yeah, my person of the year was definitely Allison Jackson, the Canadian on Live Racing. She, her social media is impeccable, but she was also really exciting to watch race all year and had an incredible win at the CMAC Ladies Tour when um, she was off the front with one FDJ rider and she just would not quit and at one point the peloton was within like 200 meters and they were just like no we're gonna keep going and they managed to stay away so for her racing and her off bike personality i i there's no one else that deserves this word than allison jackson you, you gotta go follow her on instagram and tiktok if you don't already or uh in my case i don't really understand tiktok because i'm old so i just follow her on instagram and then she reposts all her tiktok tiktok stuff on instagram for us olds it's great Dane, who do you got? Yep, uh, I'm going to go with Matthew Vanderpool, who I think this year, it was already kind of the case last year, but uh, the amount of uh, interest people show in everything that he does, uh, I think he 
I think he's really good for this for the sport, and it's great that he is battling uh, and and constantly in the news with uh, Wet Van Art and and Julian Alaphilippe. Uh, but I think this year Vanderpool, particularly during the Tour de France, when he when he wore that sweet throwback jersey with the rest of his teammates, uh, and there were just people were just constantly wondering, what's he going to do? What's he up to? And it's not he's not that um, he's not super in your face. Uh, so he could, you know, he's not dancing. He could do more. Uh, he maybe he could take a page out of the Allison Jackson book and needs to TikTok. I think so. Uh, but at the level he was at was already pretty impressive from a from a personality perspective, and I think it's really good for cycling that we have th- that. Can you imagine if he made TikTok dances? I think that would be a very uh, there would be a lot of interest among our readers. <laughs> <laughs> James, who's your pick? Uh, I, I'm just gonna go with vampires. Like unquestionably vampires. <laughs> There's just no doubt in my mind. So Shadi gets point. Guillaume Martin. Wow, Woo-hoo. what an upset. What an upset. Guillaume Martin is the personality of the year. <laughs> There's an unexpected winner. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Abby. All right. Two to two to one to zero. Dane still with the goose egg. Sorry, Dane. <laughs> Step up your game over there. All right. Biggest letdown of the season. We're going to kick it around a little bit here. Abby, why don't you kick us off? Super easy one for me. The Girodonna uh, mm. continues to be a letdown. And it was a combination of them saying, oh, we will have live coverage this year. JK, lol, nope. Uh, having no coverage whatsoever of the queen stage of the race and setting a course that was... I mean, in, in a word, baffling and had the co- the entire GC wrapped up on stage two. So the entire Girodonna was just very disappointing. Honorable mention to the women's tour that also went on and on about live coverage and then and then had nothing. Um, but the Giro, yeah, they take the cake for this one. <laughs> Dane? Um, yeah. I guess it's only a letdown to some people. Uh, if you're, it's not a letdown if you're Austrian. Uh, some, one we already used, but I think it's really f- fitting here is the Dutch women at the Olympics. Who, I mean, that they seemed like a shoe in. They had every single rider on that team was a potential winner of the road race there, and they did not deliver. Not only did they not deliver, uh, one of their riders celebrated uh, early. Well, not early, way late, actually, uh, celebrated <laughs> not having won. Uh, and that was a pretty big letdown. I think if you were a Dutch fan or just if you were a prognosticator, if you bet on the favorite or the second or third or fourth favorite, even, I mean, they, they were, they should have won that race and they didn't. And, uh, congrats on a Kiesenhofer for winning and, um, uh, sorry to the Dutch for such a letdown. It's a good one. Shadi. Now it's a young gun, somebody that we should have expected more from, he only got, I think, three wins this year. Should have got a lot more from previous years. That young gun being Valverde. <laughs> uh, the, the letdown is he's, he's going to retire, isn't he? So I'm going to be sad to not see him in the peloton anymore. Mixing it up. That's sad. At 41 sad. years of age. I mean, what is it? Uh, Reblin is, is 53. Yeah, I feel like if Valverde does well next year, who knows? Oh, yeah. <laughs> he might keep going. Keep going. He might keep going. My my letdown of the year is going to be uh, Roglic falling down at the Tour de France and sort of making that less of a good bike race. 
in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, Egan Bernal not being there, it's just, it's, yeah, just wasn't, it wasn't the tour it could have been. And it was just down to luck. And that's bike racing at the end of the day. But it was, it was a letdown for me. So, James, your pick. Uh, well, I'm going to award Dan his his first point here uh, because that I don't even know if that was so much of a letdown as it was just like it was almost just like a big embarrassment. Um, and yeah. I don't even know if it was so much of a letdown as it was just uh, like totally like a, just a massive fumble. It was a fumble. I mean, talk about a situation. Talk about a situation where the outcome was all but guaranteed. Like you couldn't have stacked the deck anymore. And not only did they mess that one up, but Dan, as you pointed out, there was also the the uh, inopportune false post up at the end, uh, which was was a, a quite memorable moment for all the wrong reasons. Yeah, it's unfortunate, right? Like it was such a fantastic victory, overshadowed by all the stuff that we're talking about. Not overshadowed, kind of overshadowed. Let's be real. Anyway, all right, Dane, you got a point. It's tightening up. We've only got a couple awards left. Let's do the top team. We've got men's and women's divisions here. So pick your poison. Uh, Shadi, why don't we kick off with you? I'm going with, uh, well, I was going I was going to include this team in our biggest um, embarrassment of the year because at the start of the year, we were taking the mickey out of their name and they've proved us wrong, and that's Bahrain victorious. I remember way back in January, like, what the hell? Victorious, that's a bit arrogant. We thought they were, yeah, hitting above their status, uh, but they've um, come out fighting big style this year. 30 wins in total, some awesome results along the way, including that Roubaix, that iconic Roubaix. So, yeah, I'm going for them. Solid, solid. They lived up to the name. Top women's team? Top women's like team. I'm gonna, one. I'm gonna go Trek purely because it's a team that is not just having a women's team, but also giving them a, a fair wage, giving them the wage that they deserve as well, and the winnings that they deserve. It made news that they were going to give the team the same amount of money for the Roubaix win as the men's result. What people didn't realise is they'd been doing that all season. For every race. That's a good one. Just putting your money where your mouth is. Abby? Uh, yeah, for women's team, I think I agree with Shadi. Trek is amazing. But I have to say SD works um, because they continue to be, performance-wise, uh, just like above and beyond the rest. They won so many races this year with so many different riders, starting off with Strada Bianchi with Chantel Vandenbroek Black and then... Um, Anna Vanderbregen with her seventh straight Flesh Wallone win and Demi Vollering with Liege Bastien Liege. They went one, two, three at the Giordana um, in the GC and on multiple stages. And all year they were really impressive, um, as always. Uh, as for men's teams, uh... <laughs> they're all so forgettable, really. <laughs> They all like blend together. Also, the team that's like the winningest team, I can't pick because I despise <laughs> them. So, 
Um, I would pick them because they win a lot, but I can't. Uh, morally, I refuse. Somebody over at Ineos has to be really happy that that's not them anymore. It is because not I think them. That's no. been them for like a decade and a half, and yet somebody's <laughs> taken up the new mantle, at least in, in your in your award. To be fair, I've always been a fan of Ineos, Team Sky, whatever. I've always been a fan, so I was never one of those people. Um, but I'm going to go completely unbiasedly uh, with no uh, skin in the game whatsoever. Trek Segafredo for the top men's team. <laughs> <laughs> um, their Milan-San Remo win with Jasper Soivin was really impressive. Uh, they have this one like really cute kid on the team that I just <laughs> like every time I see him, my heart flutters. Um, and so I'm going to go with Trek Segafredo. <laughs> Is he Jasper? Uh, no. <laughs> He's got great hair, though. We've been through this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's a good reason as any, really. Dane, who do you got? Yeah, on the men's side, I'm going to go with Yumbo Visma, which, I mean, the, the team, like Wout Van Aert's performances alone uh, elevated the team into contention. Primoz Roglic had a, a, just a great Vuelta, even if his uh, you know biggest goal of the year wasn't wasn't met, he had a great season all around. Uh, you know, winning in a a number of races in the early season. Jonas Vingago taking up you know do, doing his best at the Tour and and finishing you know pretty well for a for a late replacement as team leader. I feel like Yumbo just stepped it up all across the board this year. And despite not winning the Tour, they had a heck of a season. Uh, on the women's side. I think with Abby, it's got to be SD Works, and they 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 kind of brought it back a little bit this year because last year they were still an amazing team, and they have been for years. But this year, I think it was a little bit more. It was a little clearer uh, who the top team in the women's peloton was, and it was a nice send off season for Anna Van der Breggen uh, across the board. They just yeah, like like Abby said, Van der Breggen and uh, Van der Black and uh, Demi Vollering were pretty hard to beat. Uh, in general, at most races where they were together, and uh, I think SD Works kind of retook with, with with clarity that that top team mantle. I'm with you. SD Works is my nomination for women's team. I think it's pretty clear, uh, just based off of performance alone. Uh, I think that, that that's 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 a pretty obvious one. I will I'll give a nod. I think to to Shotty's trek because they well, they just do things properly over there. But I'm gonna stick with SD Works for this one. And on the men's side, I'm actually gonna steal Chadi's. So Bahrain victorious, they had they had a heck of a year this year, and and it kind of it I wouldn't say it came out of nowhere, but it kind of came out of nowhere, right? They just had a lot of riders who had the best season they've ever had, and that has to count for something. So you know, I think Yumbo Visma had actually a worse season than they would have hoped, whereas. Bahrain had a much better season than they would have hoped. And for me, that makes them my team of the year, even though I have internal conflict about that particular thing. James? I, can I just say, I still think it's that's a lot of it this year is down to the groundwork that was done last year by Rod Ellingworth. And now he's this year jumped back to Ineos and he's taking the reins there. We're going to see Ineos back on top, I reckon. If not this year coming, in a, in a year's time, they're just going to be the powerhouse again. They're going to be unstoppable, no matter where, with Jumbo Visma stacking their, their, their roster 
uh, UAE, I think, yeah, I think Rod Dillingworth doesn't get the credit he's deserved. And I think a lot of it, a lot of Bahrain's victories this year is down to the groundwork last year that he did. I think you're probably right. I think you're probably right. <laughs> James? All right. Well, I, I can't remember who everybody nominated I, now, but you I just should, pick one of us. <laughs> I, sh- I should first say that I'm just going to go ahead and disqualify Abby for clear bias here. <laughs> so, Abby, I'm Abby. I'm sorry. You're you're out of the running for this one. I'm sorry. What? Yeah, I can't pick the team with my baby daddy on it. That's not fair. <laughs> Th- this isn't that about fair, an, Abby. That was, a, that was, was that an announcement? Was this that is, a public announcement, Abby? Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, and then I'm going to go ahead and play the role of Michael Massey, who's the the uh, Formula One race director here. I'm just going to go ahead and artificially introduce some 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 controversy <laughs> here. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and go with Shadi here because that'll introduce a three way tie at this point. <laughs> we have a Hamilton Verstappen situation now uh, coming into some of the last awards. In fact, is this our last racing award? It it may very uh, well be. It is. It may very it well is. Be. It's our last racing award here. So and, and Kaylee, just for the record, I just want to say that I do I, as much as I agreed with your actual picks for the men's and women's team. I I just couldn't give you the point just because like I couldn't couldn't give you that lead. I'm sorry. That's that's valid. That's valid. Best men's and women's riders of the year. The the, the men's and women's rider of the year. This is the big one. This is the one we send them. A free cycling tips hat that they can that they can put on their desk and remember forever that we nominated them and, and awarded them the rider of the year. We don't send the hat with any explanation. It just shows up in a box. <laughs> uh, but they'll know. They'll just know deep down inside. So, riders of the year. Abby, who do you got? For the women, I gotta go with Anna Vanderbregen. Um she maybe didn't have as good of a season as she's had in the past, but her early season was incredible all the way through the Giro and the Olympics obviously didn't go as planned, but it was still her final season and she went off with a bang. Um, plus she spent the later half of the season, both racing and in the team car for SD works, getting ready for next year, which is, uh, balancing those two things. I mean, she went from, helping direct at I think it was the Lotto Belgium tour to racing the C-Mac ladies tour the next week which is just a wild turn of events um that's you you're sitting in a car for hours to like racing a race um so she's definitely my rider of the year she's just she's so inspirational and such an incredible person that um on and off the bike she's a great role model for up-and-coming women uh, for the men, oof. Uh, I need to pay more attention to men's racing. I think. Uh, let's see. Tom's. Yeah, uh, he's he's my man of the year. But I think, uh, <laughs> as far as uh, bike racers go, I'm gonna go with Tade Pogacha. Pogacha. Uh, probably stole this from Dane judging by his eyebrows but uh he i mean between his one day success and his completely dominant performance the tour de france i yeah he's he's really impressive and i love his personality off the bike i listened to a uh conflicting podcast conflicting i listened to another podcast 
um, the Garrett Thomas's podcast where he continually said his name wrong every single time, even though Tade said his name at the beginning of the podcast. It was hilarious. But his personality is also really uh, appealing. That's not really a right word, but you get what I'm saying. So I'm going to go with, with uh, yeah, Vanderbregen and Pogacar. He seems like a good kid. He does like, seem like a good kid. Right? And he's yeah. so young, and he's so, like, of that generation. And, yeah, like, he's he loves memes. If you check out who he follows on Instagram, it's like a bunch of random meme accounts. Like, I just, I like that about him. <laughs> I like it a lot. I wonder, I wonder, actually, sometimes, I wonder whether he secretly makes memes. If he is, is one of these many Instagram meme accounts actually... Tade Pogaccia. I hope it's the one with the bread. <laughs> the uh, uh, I believe that's a boulder-based meme account, but I but oh. I but that's the best meme account. And they just Photoshop bread into just cycling like situations. Many different types of bread into cycling photos. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good one. Some some things about the internet these days are great. Other things are less great. All right. So, Dane, who do you got? Well, Abu's right, uh, and I'm still going to go with him because he was, I think, the best cyclist uh, in the men's peloton this year. Tadej Pogacar, yeah, obviously he won the Tour de France, but he also kept winning in other races. He he dominated the Tour de France. It wasn't close, and I think that might even hurt his case with some people here because I think it's I think people kind of forget how good he is because he's so far ahead that we just stop paying attention to the GC battle and watch other things instead. Uh, but Tadej Pogacar was far and away the the rider. Uh, at the top of the Grand Tour hierarchy this year. But he also won, yeah, one-day races. And going out and winning a tour and monuments is really, really, really hard. And it's something we haven't seen for a really long time. And he has now done it, uh, well, multiple times. Um, so, Tadej Pogacar, uh, good on him winning that in Lombardia title uh, later in the year, for instance, uh, after already having won Liège in the tour. Just just awesome. Uh, on the women's side, I'm going to go with Annemiek van Vleuten, who... After last season, I feel like you could look at this year, after the last couple seasons, you could look at the, this year and say, you know, she's she's kind of lost a, a little bit. But she, I think, was far and away the, the dominant rider in the women's peloton. She was the number one ranked rider uh, in the world. And if you don't like the UCI's rankings, you can use the far superior PCS rankings. And she was far and away ahead of everybody. And I think the early, uh, the early season to the end of the year, she was... Yeah, just awesome. And she won a Flanders title. She was really strong. Basically, from the moment she uh, posted up uh, at the Olympics, she then was great because she did go on to win. Uh, she won a gold medal at the Olympics. It, w- it wasn't the road race, uh, but she did win one and uh, won a bunch of other races, too. So good on Annemiek van Vleuten. And I think uh, Movistar has to be happy going from a team that was not winning much to winning a ton, thanks to Annemiek van Vleuten. She riding on embarrassment there? Is that what was happening? I, maybe. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it certainly needed seemed... To, needed to bury that. <laughs> it seemed to have fueled her because she then won multiple major races, uh, the Ceratiza Challenge and Ladies Tour of Norway. And I mean, just a uh, San Sebastian, just a really nice... Everything after that was was really impressive to make up for the uh, the embarrassment. Shadi? Well, for the men's side, I think I'm going to choose somebody different to Ab and Dane. I'm going to go Wolf Van Aert purely because... I cannot remember a rider who rocked up at the Tour de France and took a, a sprint stage, mountain stage, and was it time trial stage? 
ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. He seems an absolutely sound bloke as well, much like Tajay. Um, and I think he's had like 10, 10 wins this year. Tour of Britain overall. Second at the uh, Olympics. It's just... People see him as like the underdog when it's him versus um, Vandenpol. And it's just it's a ridiculous thing to think because he's absolutely outstanding. Like the tour was just mind bending to see him ride again for the second time like he did last year. Rolled his guts out for the team leader and then went off and got three stage wins. Just a stupid way of riding your bike incredibly good that and then on top of that of course Ghent Wevelgem Amstel Gold Race it's not a bad season is it <laughs> pretty solid women's rider of the year women's rider of the year I am going to go with the Olympic champion Anna Kaisenhoff purely for the fact that I'm trying to um, persuade uh, James here for the tech side of things she had a Scott Foyle with a mix of jaw race and shram on there. <laughs> it's clear, clearly a bike that had been thrown together. But no, I just liked it because it was... She, she went out, did what she needed to do, and just kept believing right till the end. And it pulled off. It's shown everybody that mad things can still happen in bike racing. Pretty solid, pretty solid. Well, mine have both already been mentioned, but not by the same person. I've got Enemy van Vluten on the women's side because, well, like Dane said, she just, even on a quote-unquote off year, it felt a bit like an off year, she won more things than anybody else in the peloton by a lot. Uh, and she, even when she didn't win, she was always very, very, very close. So she's still the dominant athlete in the women's peloton, and for that, I think she deserves our Rider of the Year award. And on the men's side, now I did go back and forth between Pogacar and Wolfenart many, many times. I like the fact that Pogacar, he, he, he is willing to do all these other races that are not the Tour de France, which was something that we haven't seen in, in quite a long time, right? He's jumping in, in monuments. He's, he's, he's working all over the place. He's winning all over the place. I, I love that. But for me, I'm with Shadi here that Wolfenart that the display at the Tour de France, winning three stages in three completely different stages, right? Winning on Vaughn 2, winning a time trial, winning a sprint. That, that's, it's unheard of. It's completely unheard of. And someone wins the Tour de France every year. This year that was Tadej Pogacar. But very rarely does someone do that. In fact, I would say nobody has done that in decades you probably have to go back to the 70s before you find riders with, not just riders with that breadth of ability, but also, you know, the sport was less specialized back then. So it was sort of more possible to do that. You know, Eddie Merckx used to win sprints and, and, also, and also win Grand Tours. That was more common back then. It just doesn't happen anymore. And to me, a rider like that is just so phenomenal and so special that for me, Wolfenart has to be the rider of the year. So I've got Wolfenart and Annemiek van Vleuten, and those are my two. And this is what it all comes down to. James, mm. who are you going to pick? Uh, well, I should uh, say, who, whoever wins, I think, is editor-in-chief next year, I believe is the 
is the way this works, right? Oh, well, apparently I just gave myself a promotion because I'm just really all of, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm really all of you out because somehow none of you mentioned Tom Pidcock, which I found very interesting because I know that, yeah, he maybe wasn't, he didn't have nearly as stellar a road season as any of the other male riders that you mentioned here. Um, but I'm a big fan of multidisciplinary riders, ones who can really, really excel at a, at a bunch of different bike types and races and that sort of thing. And yeah, I mean, Vanderpoel and you got a bunch of other people who can't do that. But Pidcock has been on absolute, absolutely on fire and watching him in mountain bike racing and cross racing. And I, 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 I love that style of rider. And I know he's not the only one, but I feel like he has, he maybe is to me anyway, maybe like one of the, the biggest, uh, has one of the biggest and brightest futures um, that personally I kind of find I very exciting. Um, and then on the women's side, I personally really was fascinated by the ride from uh, Anna Kiesenhofer at the Olympics, mainly because, oh, don't go rolling your eyes at me, Abby. Um, <laughs> for, for, for a few different reasons. I mean, yes, I, I really I love the style of racing that you get when there are no radios involved, when when riders have to kind of go on their instincts and kind of like keep track of what's actually happening and stuff. Uh, and this is for purely... Uh, nonsensical reasons, but when you're when you're uh, when you're the Olympic champion, you get to basically drape yourself in gold for four years, like everything. Like you get to eat off like gold utensils and gold plates, and like you know, like wrap your wrap your car in gold vinyl and all that other stuff. And you know, you can you can dominate one you can dominate one day races and stages of the tour and the you know Giordano whatever as much as you want, but you only get to wear that crown for a year. Kisa Hoffer gets to wear that for four years, so you all lose. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, I think we need a tiebreaker then, James. I think we need a tiebreaker. So we're going to add an award here onto the end. Everybody gets one nomination for race of the year, and we have to reach consensus here on who is the victor. So, James, I think you have one. What's your, what's your nomination? I do not have a nomination for race of the year. Oh, then you're going to be picking. Dane, who's, who's your, what's your nomination for race of the year? Uh, it's also this could the be best. a stage or a one day or a whole race, whatever. Yeah, uh, it's also the the best race every year. It's it's the best race in cycling. It's the Tour of Flanders, which we were treated to a great addition this year. We had a battle between Vanderpool and Watt Van Aert, and that was what everybody was expecting. And then Casper Asgreen came and beat everybody, uh, and I thought that was a fantastic, uh, entertaining finale, as it always is. Uh, it's it's hard to beat Tour of Flanders every year, and whenever it delivers, even kind of, it's it's the best race of the year in my book. Shadi? I want to say a week rather than a race, and that's got to be the World Roubaix double because we have never had it before. I think I'd love to see it stay that way, but also because Roubaix, I have never seen a race where the whole of social media has grouped together and put out a certain energy so a rider doesn't win, which worked. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just so Abby? iconic Roubaix was ah, it was we've waited a lot of years 20 years for a wet Roubaix again and for it to happen after having two two years with not the race on was just like not just was not the icing on the cake was the mud on the cobbles Abby I'm gonna cheat and I'm gonna say Roubaix in general the men's and the women's both races were so exciting so like Roubaix as a as a whole, the the package of Roubaix, the men's and the women's, because like the women's was, I mean it was it was incredible. Um, 
and the men's the entire race. I was on the edge of my seat. So that that package. I kind of agree with you. I kind of, but I'm I'm not going to cheat. I'm going to pick one of the two, and I I, I think that the men's race this year, well, one it was muddier, uh, and it was it was a more fascinating race tactically, I think. But having been at both, and we were we were at both, uh, all three of us actually, there was something about the first women's Paris Roubaix that made it really truly special like there there were a bunch of moments there were more moments where i felt not just like emotion but you could tell the entire crowd around us was feeling the same thing it was just a very emotional experience it was a very powerful experience and for me i'm assuming that some of that came through on television uh but for me it, there was no race that i was at this year that i was standing on the side of that made me feel more than the women's prayer Bay this year. And so for me, that has to be my race of the year, even though there were other races that were maybe more, like I said, more, more tactically interesting. I mean, let's be honest. We had a, we had a very long range attack that worked, uh, in the women's race, but it, it didn't, it didn't matter. It was, it was still fantastic. And for me, like I said, that was, that was, that has to be the race of the year. So James, this is the decider. No, James think? has lost his James has lost lost any ability to choose when he chose who was the men's and women's top rider of the year. What? <laughs> what? Well, no, it doesn't really matter. I think we've already established from one of the previous categories that I'm now editor in chief. <laughs> it's true. He made himself editor in chief. It's true. We gotta be nice to him now. Yep. So, but anyway, back to my playing the role of Michael Massey here. Um, <laughs> so we, we do have a three-way tie here between Kaylee and Abby and Dane, I believe, right? And Shoddy. No, Dane's only got one oh, point. Oh, that's right. Dane right? does have one point. Oh, sorry, I miscounted. Yep. Right. So therefore, Dane wins. I like it. <laughs> this, this category. That's this category. Very impartial of you. Purely, purely on the basis that we now have a four-way tie and I'm now editor-in-chief. So we're done. <laughs> can, can we not add another category to see if we can whittle it down then? we've got three tech awards here nope, your, uh, your protests have been dis your, your protests have been rejected shoddy <laughs> we're gonna do tech awards the 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 racing awards wrapped up but we've only got a couple of these but before we get to those tech awards dan cash we've got some mid-roll and your dulcet tones are needed oh yeah Great, okay. Well, let me tell you about the Hammerhead Karoo 2, then. It's a next-generation cycling computer that brings the power of advanced GPS navigation and intuitive software right to your handlebars. See your data clearly with a high-res, full-color, smartphone-like screen. The touchscreen display is beautiful and responsive and gives you on-the-go flexibility. It's even water and scratch-resistant. Hammerhead's new exclusive climber feature lets you visualize and prepare for upcoming gradient changes in real time. Climber was designed and developed in collaboration with the world's best climbers. Proven in France, it earned Israel startup nation rider Michael Woods some time in the polka dot jersey. Tens of thousands of cyclists have chosen the fully loaded, climber-equipped Karoo 2 as their trusted riding companions, including Chris Froome, Flora Duffy, Magali Rochette, and Justin Williams. Hammerhead athletes keep on course and stay aware of upcoming elevation changes with their Karoo 2 devices. For a limited time, Hammerhead has an incredible deal. Buy a Karoo 2 at hammerhead.io trade-in 
and get up to 170 US dollars when you trade in your current cycling computer. This offer won't last long and it's only available at hammerhead.io slash trade in. So don't wait to trade in and trade up to a Karoo 2 today and get up to $170 off your purchase. That's hammerhead.io slash trade in to get your trade started today. Does the hammerhead that Chris Froome rides, does that one come with just a permanently blank screen so that he never has any motivation to look down? <laughs> it should. Or it should just say, say look up on it for safety's sake, for safety's sake. All right, let's get into the tech awards. We've got just, like I said, just a couple of these. James, the biggest tech debacle of 2021. Who gets this uh, somewhat unfortunate award? Well, um, I kind of went back and forth on the title of this category here because I'm not sure if it was really a debacle as it was just sort of like a, I don't know, like a headache. And I would have to award that to just the massive supply chain snarls that we have all dealt with uh, because no one has been able to get parts or bikes or anything, uh, any sort of cycling goods um, in 2021. And that has obviously been a massive pain for a lot of people. However, that also has come about because there has been such a massive surge in people riding bikes, uh, largely for the first time, um, or people getting back into the sport. So um, on the one hand, it was a huge letdown or huge, not, not so much letdown, but some, uh, on the one hand, it was a huge headache. But on the other hand, it kind of bodes very well for the future of cycling. Um, so that's kind of a little bit of a double-edged sword for me on that one. But that, that would have to be my pick. I mean, it's been really annoying. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm with you there. I'm with you there. Uh, yeah, I was chatting with, with Zach Edwards. He's on the Nerd Alert podcast with us, our pro mechanic. And, and he was saying that he was trying to buy a cassette or order a cassette for a customer the other day. And the delivery time was uh, the beginning of 2023. <laughs> so I guess we're all making sure that our cassettes last a very long, very, very long time for, let, for a little while. Yeah, let, let's just say Dave's multiple tomes on chain waxing and drivetrain efficiency and longevity and that sort of thing. I believe those have gotten exponentially more popular this year. <laughs> yep. All right. And can, next can, on the tech. Can, award, I, throw, can I throw um, uh, a challenger in? Oh, yeah. I'm going to go with Chris Froome's Chris Froome because of a video that he did at the start of the year where he first slagged off disc brakes, <laughs> secondly <laughs> slagged off his factor frame saying, oh, it's not stiff enough, not this, not that. And then by, I think it was about August, he had invested in factor bikes <laughs> and was saying he loves disc brakes. <laughs> Well, Shadi, has the possibility occurred to you that this could just be a little bit of clever market manipulation on Chris Froome's part? Nah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe he what was able to... The, what about the handlebar situation for the Canyons? That was a debacle. Uh, I is, think that was a, that was a racing ooh, debacle for a sure. Game. I mean, that, when, a, when a handlebar breaks off in the hands of your highest profile rider, not great. Yeah, that was actually on my list as well, Abby. Um, but the... And certainly for Canyon and for anyone who has one of those air roads, it has been a massive headache because also because of these supply chain issues, uh, that issue has not yet been fully resolved. Um, so that is definitely a massive, massive, massive 
problem for Kenyon and for anyone who has one of those aeroids. But um, I still say the whole supply chain thing just because that affects everybody and not just one subset of people or company. Well, as the judge for the tech awards, James wins. They are his awards, but I do. Yeah, he I still do. wins. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Next one up, best custom item from the season. I, 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 there's a couple that come to mind here, James. What do you think? You know, I am still always a big fan of custom shoes. Um, it's something that anytime I go to a race, I'm always on the lookout for. They're always just kind of fun. Um, I don't, I don't necessarily have a pick for best one custom item, uh, like one particular thing. Um, but I would probably have to pick a painter, uh, just because of the whole shoe thing. And then I would have to go with, uh, Caitlin Fielder, um, because she seems to paint more riderish shoes than seemingly anyone else. Uh, and they, I don't know if you, if anyone is listening to this podcast and looks at her, uh, looks at her Instagram profile. Uh, she paints a lot of really, really cool looking riding shoes and they're pretty awesome. I would have to go with that they're, one personally. They're totally awesome. Yeah. And she's super nice. Like friend of the podcast. We like Caitlin a lot. Well, I have no other. I've, you got I have an entry? No, no. Yeah, Abby, what do you got? Mine's not biased at all. Completely unbiased. Uh, my custom... James is shaking his head. Factor. I don't think you can nominate your own bike, Abby. I'm nominating my own bike. I love it so much. You're rejected again, Abby. Same reason as before. How about how about uh, I can nominate the return of my mosaic after three years in a ditch slash someone's basement, my thief's basement. That was a custom item, and it came back in 2021. Hmm. That ooh, that that is a good one. That is a good yeah. one. Yeah. Does the Alpes in Phoenix kit from the tour? Class as custom. Yeah. Seeing they only wore it for one stage. It's mm. on the edge, but I did like the vibe. I think it was great. Not More just that, but that. I, I love, like, because it's a hat, hat backs to his grandfather's team. I mean, the whole thing was fantastic. And they looked oh, great. Superb. They looked fantastic. Yeah. No, but I, I, yeah, I mean, it's hard to argue against. If you've seen some of the shoes that Caitlin produces, it's hard to argue against those. Like, they're. They are superb, and she creates them for riders in the pro peloton and just regular people, and yeah, they're they're gorgeous. So once again, James wins uh, his own award here. Unsurprising. Last tech award today, the biggest tech boom of 2021. What would what would this be? E cargo bikes for for a variety of reasons. Uh, Shadi, I know you have a lot to say on this, so I will I will kick over to you in just a minute. But uh, <laughs> I've I've been on the e cargo bike kick for 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 quite a while. Uh, and Kaylee, you just hopped on the e cargo bike bandwagon a few months ago. And yep. uh, Shadi, I know. Well, I think you did end up with that Orbea, didn't you? No, I've not. Owned, I I am getting, believe it or not, a rad power biking for test very soon. <laughs> I got the How confirmation email the other day. How about but yeah, that? at Eurobike this year, like, the event was a massive washout compared to other years. I had a year off due to COVID. Usually I go there, and it's just ram full with exciting stuff. This year, it was a bit of a ghost town, apart from one hall, or one major hall, which was the cargo bike hall. It was, that's where everybody was this year. It was awesome to see. I rode a bunch of them, got myself ridiculously excited about them, and it, 
they are they're the vehicle for the future. That it's that simple. Like every every government needs to be pushing funding for for them. Full stop. Well, I've said this for a long time that as far as bikes used for utility and transportation, that sort of thing, um, for all the efforts that have been put forth by various advocacy groups and you know government organizations and that sort of thing. Those sorts of bikes are ultimately for the a, a lot of people only as good as how much you can carry. And even if you have some sort of incentive for like a regular e-bike or a town bike or you put in bike lanes and whatever, I mean, the infrastructure for sure is a massive, massive help toward getting people on bikes in general. But if a lot of those people eventually get on those bikes and then realize that they can't really do what they need to get done on those bikes, then that's still only kind of a, still only gets you half the way there. Um, but with this huge flood of e-cargo bikes that are now on the market, you have every variety under the sun to kind of carry you or people or cargo or whatever. Um, you've got all these incredible options that are out there. The category is better than it has ever been. The bikes are just so good. And it, they really are legitimate replacements for cars. And I think if we continue to see this sort of growth, uh, obviously these things have been really popular in certain regions already for decades, I guess. Um, but if we continue to see growth in the popularity and utilization of these e-cargo bikes, then I think that'll have a bigger impact on a lot of things than pretty much anything else two-wheel related. Agreed. They are the future, and that's why we love them. Well, there you go. That's, our, that's the end of our official awards today. Uh, hand out some... <laughs> well, James's Zoom recorders just died, which I think is a sign. It's a sign that uh, it's time for us to go, and it's time for us to wrap up for the end of the year here. What was it? I forget how many podcasts we made this year, but it's it's something in like the 90 range. It's a lot of podcasts. Uh, we've enjoyed every single minute of it. We hope you have enjoyed listening to every single minute of it. Maybe not every single minute. At least most of the minutes. That would be ideal if you if you enjoyed most of the minutes. We're going to take next week off. But we'll be back in 2022. Ready for more podcasting. Thanks for listening, everybody. All year. And we'll, uh, we'll see you next year. See you all. Ciao. Merry Christmas, everyone. Bye-bye. <laughs>